0: You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the Group Practice Exchange, and you'll get two free months to try them out.
1: Hey, everyone, my name is Lindsay Keisman, and I'm going to be your host for the next few episodes of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Many thanks to Maureen for asking me to do a podcast takeover. So let me share a little bit about my practice. I am a multi-location group practice owner, and I started my journey into private practice and group ownership about three years ago. I have a generalist group practice with clinicians with a range of specialties. We have two locations and a great team of clinicians, admin staff, leadership, and outside helpers like my VAs who help me on all sorts of group practice ownership fun. Additionally, I am one of the coaches for the Group Practice Exchange, and I offer individual coaching along with some group masterminds throughout the year. If you want to learn more about that, please visit thegrouppracticeexchange.com and click the menu button that says, Get Coaching. You can also find me on the Exchange membership doing a monthly Q&A for members. I'd like to take a second and just tell you a little bit about why I love coaching Uh, My training and background is actually in organizational psychology along with counseling. So just about every job I landed, I made my way into some sort of leadership position. I learned a lot about what kind of leader I wanted to be by watching some really amazing and inspiring people, along with experiencing and watching some who were downright terrible. All this to say, I'm a big believer that some leaders might be born into it and have a natural knack for it. But I also think that... Most of us have the potential to find our own style and approach in leadership that still reaches the goal of being a successful leader who's running a successful business, all while feeling like we're doing it in a way that works for us. Leadership, along with anything having to do with the nitty-gritty details of starting and scaling a practice, is what I love to help people with. So moving on, in this podcast takeover, I'm going to be covering topics like business boundaries in your personal life, change management, and how to manage our staff when we're making some big changes in our business, along with a conversation about the impact of being an insurance-based practice when it comes to hiring. But today, we're going to kick off the podcast takeover talking about how to lead the leaders in your group practice. So at some point, some group practice owners are going to grow their business to the point where they need to bring on extra leadership into the mix. Uh, Whether you're a person that's going to design that to have a clinical director, site supervisors, a practice manager, or all of the above at some point, the common thing for sure is that your role is going to change. And yes, you'll need to learn to delegate to them, and yes, you'll need to have new systems and structures and probably new procedures and policies that include your new tiers of management, but that's actually kind of not what I want to talk about today. Today, I want to talk about how are you going to teach the people in management in your business how to be good leaders? So... I'm going to have five tips, and I'd like to go over them now. So tip number one, how to teach the leaders in your business how to be good leaders is to start off right. Uh, The moment that you decide to bring someone into this role, you have one chance to set it up with your existing staff right to make a good first impression. So some tips for starting off right, I want you to spend some time writing a job description and really think about the functions that you want that role to serve. And then once you write that job description, it's time to rewrite your job description. Because inevitably, you were probably the person that was doing all of that work before or part of that work before. And what's nice about this is it gives you an opportunity to share that with your staff so that they have a real clear understanding of what the person in the new role is going to be responsible for, what you are now going to be responsible for. And it just helps them feel a little bit more secure in understanding the differentiation between you and them. Uh, Another tip for starting off right, and it's a simple one, is to make an organizational flow chart. So that's one of those charts where at the top it usually says CEO or director, and then underneath of it little boxes for levels of management or middle management, and then underneath is who they uh, have direct responsibility over. And an organizational chart is really helpful for our staff to understand who they report to. So it's a simple one, but another nice way to start off right. And then the other thing I'll say about starting off right is that you've got to pick a start date and run with it. So let's say you're bringing on uh, a clinical director into the practice, and it's a therapist who's previously worked in the group for a couple of years. At some point, you really just need to say, okay, effective this date The clinical director is now assuming their responsibilities, and we're going to start that transition. And while it's important to be available and check in with people as they're getting used to the new management and new leadership, it's just as important that you don't make yourself too available and you accidentally undermine their authority by basically still being the person that everybody goes to. I find that this is usually hardest the first time that you're doing anything with a new leadership position. And as you bring on more levels of management and leadership, this gets easier and easier. All right, moving on to tip number two. Um, You need to make a lot of time and be really available for your new leaders, uh, especially in the beginning. Uh, So a couple tips for them. Um, Just kind of remember that, You know, new leaders, I like to think of them almost like you would a clinical intern. So we don't expect interns to come in knowing everything. So we spend a lot of time with them, especially in the beginning, to get off on the right foot and support them regularly along the entire way through their internship. The reality is, is that your new leaders, more than likely, have never been in a leadership position So they might not know the first thing about managing people. They might be really good as a clinician or as some other role that they've had, but they might not actually know what it means to be a good leader. And so sometimes we need to remember how much we've learned along the way, because it's really easy to take certain things as common knowledge, take it for granted, uh, when it's actually something that's a completely new concept for a new leader, so another tip under number two is uh, I'm a big fan of regular meetings. I really think that, you know, any leader in your organization needs to have meetings with you on a regular basis. So I, I like to recommend weekly for sure and how long that is and how often I think changes over time. We need to be more available to people in the beginning because they're learning They're going through their training period. So it's very typical, I think, for new leaders to need more support. And then as time goes on, as they have less questions, to reevaluate how frequent it makes sense to to meet on a regular basis. But uh, my recommendation is still weekly because I feel that the regularity of a weekly meeting sort of supports the idea that there's a dedicated time to talk about logistical needs delegating any tasks that need to be delegated, discussing concerns they have, and really just having time and space with you and knowing that they have it. This also helps them avoid knocking on your door 20 times every day because they don't have a dedicated time, and so instead you can train them to say, okay, let's bring that to our weekly meeting instead of checking in every day. So another tip is that, um, you know, with these weekly meetings, this also gives you a dedicated time to slice out more time with them to help them improve their leadership skills. And in fact, when you start these meetings with them, you should actually talk about the fact that their leadership skill set is part of what you want to dedicate time to. This way, they know from the start that you know, it isn't weird if you were to bring up leadership things because there's nothing worse than waiting until they screw something up to start leadership training with them because it just tends to make people feel like you're doing it with them because they're not meeting expectations versus realizing that you're doing it with them because you want to support their professional growth in the leadership arena. So moving on to number three, Um, ask them to participate in management or leadership training and build it into their job expectations. So a tip under that, you know, personally, I know I like to read books and listen to podcasts on business and leadership and HR. And I pretty much do this four to five times a week. And while I can bet that some of you are like this as well, I can promise you that your new leaders are not doing this, Uh, and if they were, they probably wouldn't be employed by anyone but themselves or a mega corporation where they're leading lots of teams. So, I think one of the important things is to keep that in mind that we know all sorts of things and have read all sorts of books or listened to podcasts or had coaching. And that it really is a large part of what may have made us successful or continues to make us, you know, successful in our businesses. So I really like to recommend a, a book club of sorts or a podcast club where once a quarter you recommend a book and you read it together. And if you have multiple people in your leadership team, let's say you have site directors and a clinical director, you know, read that and then discuss it together in a large group because it's such an opportunity to show not only that you're invested in them, that their leadership skill set is important, but as a culture – It really allows your leadership team to develop relationships with one another, supports with one another, and to talk about heartaches, headaches, issues that come up, or new ways of doing things. I find that whenever we read something new or have new material in our minds, that it allows us to self-reflect on who we are and how we can be better. So I highly recommend Encouraging them to have that management or leadership training and for you to make space in their schedule to make that happen um, instead of just saying, oh, it's one more thing to add on to the plate. So uh, tip number four. So here's a tricky one is one thing that can happen with new leaders is that they keep coming to you. And if they keep coming to you, the thing I want you to do is make sure you're challenging them to provide you with an idea or a solution to whatever the problem is that they're bringing before you, before you jump in and just solve their problem. Because remembering your goal as a leader of leaders is to teach them to come up with their own solutions and to trust in their approach. And I get that in the beginning, we're probably going to do a little bit more of this where they are checking in with us. We are needing to provide them more direct feedback. But we want to take caution and make sure that we're not accidentally training them and teaching them that they need our permission and our approval before doing everything that's already technically a function of their job. So just remember that most of us bring on levels of leadership and management because we know we need it. We know our staff needs it. And we also have dreams of going away and not necessarily having to be tied to our phone or being the only person that can answer questions in our practice. So if you envision a life where, let's say, you're on a vacation on the beach with the warm air and your phone rings and you think, okay, I've got to answer this. This is work. And one of your leaders asks you a question and says, oh, I just needed to run this by you first. And if at the end of that call, you're kind of having a what the hell thought, like why did they need to bother me on my vacation, you may have accidentally trained them that they need to run everything by you first. So a word of caution is just to realize that right from the beginning, we're sort of setting up how we want things done. So... As sort of a recap for tip number four, make sure you're challenging them to provide you with suggestions to the solution or the problem that that they have before you solve it for them. That way, you're showing them, hey, I want you to think of the solutions. Hey, I trust your solutions, and you need to have faith in yourself, and if it's a really, really big deal, and I should have been wrapped into this, I certainly will let you know next time. All right, tip number five. So the last thing I want to remind you as a leader of leaders is that, you know, leadership and management is your job. So one of the things that I think many of us can fall into is this concept that when our staff need things or they're coming to knock on our door, that it can feel like a bother. It can feel like they're stealing you away from something that you had really wanted to do in that one hour of time or that 10 minutes of time. But you also know, because generally speaking, if you think of all of the wonderful leaders and managers and bosses that you may have had in your life, or if you think about the ones that were terrible, right, um, the reality is, is that great bosses are available. They listen, um, they support, um, and you know that you can go to them. And see, we need to actually remind our new leaders that leadership actually is the first priority, not the last priority, and this can be tricky because remember, when people get promoted into positions, especially many of us tend to promote clinicians into management positions, you know, we do what we're comfortable with first. So if you're a great clinician, you, you go right into that great clinician role. And so it's easy to sometimes feel like management and leadership, especially some of it that's not fun, right, is not something you want to do or not something you want to make yourself too available for. But I like to sit down with people and say, hey, management and leadership is actually the most important thing that I want you to do every day because you're setting the tone. You're setting the culture of our entire team and our entire practice, something that maybe you yourself have been doing all along and that they might not have even realized. And so bringing it back to how leadership is a priority to have them be the role model for who you want the practice to be how you want it to be known, what the culture is that you want to develop there. All right, so I'm going to do a quick recap on those tips. So number one, start off right. The moment you decide to bring someone into this role, remember, you've got one chance to set up it right with your existing staff and make that good first impression. Number two, make sure you're very available for your new leaders, especially in the beginning. Number three, ask them to participate in management or leadership training and build it into their job expectations and make sure you give them time to actually fulfill that. Number four, if they keep coming to you, make sure you're challenging them to provide you with an idea or solution to whatever the problem is before you jump in. Make sure you train them to look within themselves first for the answer. And then number five, remembering that leadership is our job, leadership is our priority. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. I hope these tips will help you and help you help your leaders become amazing. Once again, I'm Lindsay Keisman doing a takeover podcast and I'll see you next time.
0: Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting. They're an accounting firm that works specifically with mental health practices, both solo and group, and they do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. And on top of that, they can help you set up your Profit First systems. So if you're thinking of using Profit First or currently use them, go to Green Oak Accounting and check them out. You can check them out at www.greenoakaccounting.com. Mention the Group Practice Exchange and get $100 off your first month. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.